0: Hey, this is Bix and Fritz, episode 13, Encouragement to Live By. And I am here today with uh, Megan and Bruce Anderson. And they have a, a pretty fascinating story um, as a, some struggles that they have gone through in their life. And I think it'll be a real encouragement to you. So, Bruce, would you just say hi to our listeners
1: out there? Hey, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, listeners. <laughs> okay, good. And Megan?
2: Hi, thanks for joining us and taking time to listen to our story.
0: So, Megan and Bruce, let's just let's just jump right in. This, you guys, I um, uh, started coming to Connection Church a couple of years ago. Now it's been, yeah, I think it's two, been about two years. Two years ago, and uh, um, and it wasn't too long after you were coming to the church that you found out you were expecting child number three. Okay, and I'm going to let you guys just take it from there. I, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to um, share any more of your story, so I'm going to let you guys sure. kind of take it from there.
2: Yeah, I'll uh, tell that story. Um, so we had, we've done foster care, or we did foster care for several years, and throughout that time we discussed having another kid. And so, you know, we'd, I think it was a good four years that we'd been trying to have another baby and just wasn't happening, and we were saying we're just going to do foster care for the rest of the foreseeable future, and... um Then in December of 2018, we found out that we were pregnant. Um, and it was right before new year's we found out and it was really, we were over the moon, we were just thrilled. Um, and then, um, everything had been a normal pregnancy and then at four months, four months, 24 weeks. I went into labor early and we had gone into the hospital, um, and they stopped labor and then they also did everything they could to kind of prepare Mason if he was going to be born. But, you know, so everything, they gave me all the shots and all the drugs so that his lungs would be strong enough when he was born and, um, labor stopped. They just kept me in the hospital overnight. Um, then in the middle of the night, right around three in the morning. They came in and my heart rate had significantly dropped, um, and his heart rate had significantly dropped. And so they were able to get my heart rate back up, um, his, they couldn't get back up, so it was an emergency C-section. I was out of it. I was so messed up on the drugs they'd given me that Hmm. I couldn't see anything. It was, you know, just a blur. Um, and so they ran me out of the room at, it was what, 3.30? 3.30, 3.30, yeah. 3.30, and they had me sign a paper running down the hallway giving consent to do this emergency C-section.
0: While you were high on drugs.
2: I, co- I couldn't see. <laughs> I said, I can't write my name. Can I do an
0: X?
1: So, I mean, I just
2: didn't, I didn't even, it was an X. <laughs> um,
1: it was all really abrupt. Um, yeah. 3.30 in the morning, I was trying to get some sleep, and all of a sudden, there's about five or six nurses and doctors in the room, and they're like, we got to take her, and we got to take her now. It was just like... Hmm. Okay. And so they roll Megan out and I'm left there standing in the room. I'm watching ESPN thinking, what is going on?
2: So, I mean, from what I remember, I get quite a few flashbacks to this, um, of just running down the hallway, getting into the room and I'm yelling, no, like I'm yelling at them and I was yelling at the nurses and yelling for Bruce and they were, I remember one of the doctors saying, you need to calm her down now. (laughs) And one of the nurses standing, I don't know who it was because I couldn't see anything, but they had moved me onto the table and gotten me put under and 341 Mason was born. And, Mm -hmm. um, when I came out of it, I was in the recovery room and the nurse was sitting next to me and she said, well, do you have a name for him? And I said, he's alive. Like, I just couldn't believe it. And just over the moon excited and so I said well his name's Mason Jared um
1: so so in the meantime I'm standing <laughs> in the room um she delivers Mason enters this world 12 minutes after the fact that she left me wow And so then the nurse the head nurse comes in and she gets me and she's like your son's been born and I was like he's alive yep he's alive he's in the he's in the in the NICU and he, and I was like my wife and she she's like yeah she's she's doing well as well so I was just, just totally baffled that a kid that's 24 weeks old, I don't recall. Barely,
2: three how, hours, 24 weeks, three so, hours into his
1: 24th she, week. She's bringing me into the, the NICU, and I'm kind of standing there just in complete awe looking at this little kid that's, what? how long was he, 12 inches?
2: 12 inches, one pound, 2.7 ounces. Wow.
1: Just an awe on the fact that he was alive, and the doctors were just kind of getting them all situated in his incubator. Um and then the doc, the one of the nurses came to me, and she's like, "Congratulations on your son! I understand his name is Mason Jared." And I was just like, "Well, I think I need to talk to my wife." She's like, "Well, I already did." <laughs> so we had Mason Jared at, right there in the morning.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I remember
0: coming to the hospital to visit you guys, and I and I had. I don't know if I've ever even been in a NICU before. I've been in a hospital. I've been in the delivery wards and stuff, but I I've never ever been to the NICU. And Bruce, you asked me if I wanted to see him. And I'm like, you mean I can go in there? <laughs> I thought it was just like, there was no way. And uh, and I remember going in there and seeing him, and, and you actually even, you know, we had to reach through the, they call it an incubator. Yeah. Uh, I think that, and uh, we had to reach through there. I was, I've seen pictures of children this small, but I've never seen actually sent been there and seen one, and uh, it was just it was just amazing. I mean, it was just an incredible picture of God's handiwork and seeing this little guy. And he's on a ventilator and and he's inside here. And then you actually asked me if I wanted to hold him, and I just thought he's he's way too fragile for me to be touching him. You hold him, Dad, and you did, and you were holding him. And it was I think I might have touched his fingers, um, but I just I felt like I don't I don't no idea yeah it was, but it was just incredible it just was incredible
1: from the fact that he was 24 weeks old and he was fully formed was, he had all his fingers yeah. and toes and he was just a very fragile little guy and he would recognize her voice and his arms would just start flailing and yeah. he, would he get so excited he would be, how did you how did you you said he, he recognized your voice how did he how
0: did you sense that
2: uh you would go in there and he would be perfectly calm nurses would be talking to him and everything and really no reaction. We would go in and talk to him and he would wake up. I mean, he would be sleeping and his eyes hadn't opened yet. Um but he would, you know, you could tell that he was waking up and he would, you know, start flailing about and huh. he would you'd would put your hand in there and he would hold your finger. Yeah. I mean, cuz his little hand didn't even reach all the way around your right. finger.
0: And I think we got a picture of that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of you. I think I might have taken even a picture of your you holding his hand cuz I was just I was just in awe. And and that was the earliest a child had survived at that particular hospital up yes. and so it was almost like a celebration i mean he was like he was the rock star of the hospital you he know was, people he, were talking about him and
2: he even and, had um photos taken for a magazine yeah with the doctors there that we were asked to do you know if he had made it we would have done a almost we would have been part of this big um gala that they would have interviewed us at and we would have they would have videoed us and it would have been up there and
0: yeah yeah and now Megan you started down that road now the 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 rest that's not the rest of the story I mean there was a time of celebration there there was anticipation watching his growth and and watching him continue to get a little healthier but it didn't stay that way
2: right Um, yeah so I i mean he accomplished every milestone i got to go in and meet him they wheeled me in on the bed before i went into the room and i got to meet him for the first time and hold his hand and um, yeah he just kept hitting every milestone that he needed to hit and we were going into you know day two day three and he was doing well. He was increasing in feedings and gaining weight. He hadn't pooped yet. This is, I mean, in the NICU, this is a big deal. Yeah. Like, I mean, pooping is like the thing.
0: Yeah.
2: So, I mean, they would. Because the, you
0: know that, that that represents health.
2: Yes. So, yep. yeah. I mean, peeing, great.
1: The digestive system. The digestive to work system
2: and... needs to work and get rid of all of that. The, what, meconium, meconium, mm, yeah. whatever it is. Um, but. So, I mean, we have even, the nurses would make signs and hang them on the wall for different milestones that he would hit. Mm. And we have a sign that says, I pooped. <laughs> I mean, it was like a celebration. Do
0: <laughs> your other kids have that too? Yeah.
2: They don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they need it. <laughs> <laughs> they announce it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So that was, it was great. And all the big, I mean, the brain scans, everything was good. He, I mean, it was great. Day 10, we have a sign 10 days old. Mm. Um and then what, well, yeah, what was the big milestone that they had done? Well, the most recent so day 14, we were told that day 15, he was going. no, day 15, we were told that day 14 or 15, it was the day before he passed away. They told us he was going to get his breathing tube out and he mm-hmm. was going to be going on a CPAP machine. And that was huge. I mean, right. so excited for that. They were going to do that in the morning. Um. And then
1: that that evening, we, the evening before we got kind of the phone call and things really spiraled out of control. We celebrated our anniversary. It was our ninth anniversary and we were really excited about how Mason had progressed. And we thought we were kind of over this hump and that, you know, things were going to slow down and it's kind of getting ready to do the long haul and the NICU to have Mason hit these big milestones before he could come home. And so it was kind of. Kind of prepping ourselves mentally that says, okay, Mason's okay, and we've kind of moved past this, and now we're gonna work towards this home stretch of bringing him home. Yeah. And so we, we celebrated our anniversary that night. Um, and we went to bed, we debated going to the hospital that night, and we said, Mason's doing really good, we need to kind of prep ourselves for the long haul, and we decided we'd go home. Mm-hmm. And so we went home. Um, and that evening, we went home, everything was normal. and we The got, kids
2: had been at grandma's house. Yep. So the kids were gone. It was just us at home. And so we were going to get up and go to the hospital early in the morning. And then it was like five in the morning. I had rolled out of bed and went to the bathroom and I was, you can always call at any time of the day to call in and check in and they'll give you an update. And I was getting ready to call and my phone rang and it was the doctor. Um, And she said, you know, you, you need to get down here Mm -hmm. and you need to make a decision of, she said, we're going to be trans, um, transferring him. You need to decide, do you want to go to Children's Hospital or Robbinsdale? North Memorial Robbinsdale, and it was kind of, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we saw him, and he was fine. He was right. eating. He was, um, and so that was kind of a shock, and it was just a, you know, Bruce, you need to get out of bed. We're going to go. And, you know, hmm. we, we went to Maple Grove then and met well, him. Well,
1: hold on. So we get in the truck, and I'm thinking, this is going to be the greatest story ever for Mason. I'm flying through, going through stoplights. I'm thinking, one day, Mason... I'm going to tell you how I went through all these stoplights for you, buddy. Mm. And so we... We made it down in record time.
2: Yeah, we got to the hospital and we get in there and... Um, I mean, there's seven, eight nurses, doctors around his... I mean, his top, I don't think, was even on at this point. The cover of his little incubator so thing, whatever it's you called. you know,
0: it was pretty serious It at was, this point. Yeah.
2: Um, and then he had been getting just tiny little... The I mean, syringes. I don't know what they're called. That of the medicine that he's hooked up to for his IVs. These were now big ones. I mean, these are like
1: horse drink. Horse drink,
2: yeah. That they were <laughs> pumping into him, and that was just it was terrifying. And so we get in there, and everything is going on. But you know, the nurses came up to us, and they said, "Well, you can still go talk to him. You can still go see him." And so we went up there, and we talked to him, and he uh, he opened his eye. One eye opened. Hmm. So we actually got to see his, his one eye open and he looked at us and, I mean, I'll never forget that look of the look in his one eye and just how blue his eye was Hmm. is, I mean, and it's a, it's a
0: picture that just doesn't go away.
2: It doesn't go away. Yeah. You know, and he looked at it and it was, I know they can't see far, but when he looked at me, it was like a look of recognition.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, like I know you're my mom and you know, and it was it was amazing. It was wonderful. <laughs> I mean, that right there was a gift just to be able to see him yeah. look at me and we held his hand and mm-hmm. I mean, throughout all of this, the nurses were all running around and, um, the ambulance came, they were going to transport him. And that in itself was crazy. Cause they take him from his little, his little home and put him in another almost, you know, like car safe kind of, you know, it's a hard sided transport, transport, deal for babies. Mm. Yeah. And they put him in there and they were, we weren't allowed to ride in the ambulance with them.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and so we, we had, we had chosen to go to Robbinsdale cause the doctors at Robbinsdale are the same ones that work at Maple Grove. Um, and they're all children's hospital doctors. So we know that, you know, they were good hospitals. They knew his case, they knew what was going on. Um, and so they got him put in there and they, they left and the, you know, it kind of, it was the nurses and we started starting to pull all of his stuff off the wall, you know, and it was like, this is it. Like his mm-hmm. home isn't here anymore. It's not at this hospital. Yeah. You know, that was kind of a shock to see just, is this really going on? Is this really happening? And so we ran out of there.
1: I mean, all the time, you know, we... You know, it was a prayer that um, we believe in Christ, and we believe He's going to do what's best for us. And yeah. there's never ever a doubt that Mason wasn't going to pull through on this somehow or another. Right.
2: Yeah, um, it was the prayer right away. You know, God, we're putting Mason in your hands. We know that you're, you're the ultimate healer. You're the giver of life, and you gave us Mason. You're gonna, yeah. you're gonna help him thrive. I mean, it was that.
1: It's like we've made it this far, like God. He's a miracle as it is as it stands today, and yeah, so we're we're looking forward to another miracle to be able to continue to tell Mason's story. And right. That's that's how we basically left the hospital there. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And so we beat the ambulance for yes. <laughs> 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 Um and we we ran in. Which I will say that in itself itself I was running fifteen days post C section. <laughs> 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 I mean that kind of it was nuts. But so we made it to the hospital. They brought us up to the NICU and he wasn't there yet. So we just kind of hung out and waited. The chaplain of the hospital came and he actually met us there and brought us to the NICU. And so he was with us the whole time that we were there. And the ambulance got there and they brought him up. Um, and had he coded in the ambulance? Is that they had, or they had given him a
1: Yeah, he had coded a few times, so technically I think he had died a couple times and it revived him Mm -hmm. in the ambulance. And we didn't really know that until after the fact, but we found that out later. Yeah.
2: So they brought him in and they started, you know.
1: really the reason that he needed to transfer is there was another oxygen machine that he had maxed out the ventilator that was at Maple Grove, and he needed that next step. And so that equipment was at Robbinsdale.
2: Yeah.
1: And so they pulled him out. And they immediately maxed out on that piece of equipment. um, And it became really abundantly clear that this is not a good thing. And they were kind of drawn at last straws. And as that's kind of occurring, um, they lose Mason right there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were able to revive him on the table. And I vividly remember that there was a clock above my shoulders. And the doctor was looking at that clock trying to figure out pulses. And it looked like he was looking in my eyes, but he was really looking over my shoulder at the clock. And they they revived him once and they were struggling to revive him again. And I, the doctor kind of looked at me pleadingly like, I don't know what to do anymore. And I said, I called it. I said, that's it, we're done. Cause we'd seen all the medicine they put him into that point and to him. And it was just really concerning as if Mason does survive right now, what does his life look like? And yeah. we wanted him to be healthy. We wanted We wanted to do what was in the best interest of Mason, and not just to keep him here longer on this earth. Yeah, but to do what was in the best interest of him.
2: And all I remember is, I mean, I didn't, I couldn't watch anymore as they were doing. So you guys
0: were in the room. We were in the all room. of this and watching this.
2: Yeah, and your little so, guy
0: who's already, yeah, I mean, twelve inches long. Yeah, and very yeah. seems very fragile already. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: And to see him doing and I, all this I stuff. Mean,
2: I could barely stand. I was leaning against Bruce for support. And the whole time I was praying and I said, you know, God don't take my boy, yeah. don't take my boy. You know, you gave him to me after all of this time and you know, don't take my boy. And when Bruce said, you know, we're done, it was one of those just, I mean, I could barely stand at that point and it. Yeah. it was one of those, I mean, it really felt like God had abandoned me and yep. us and, like why would he just take my boy after Yeah? After all that and
0: And that and that's that's one of the um very reasons I wanted I, I think it's good for us to hear your guy's story is because i I feel like anybody who's been through something as traumatic as this and a loss as as close to home as this we it's almost inevitable that we ask that question where is god where were you god in the midst Mm -hmm. of this but yet we know in his word he tells us that we in this life we will have struggles and we will have trials but in the heat of the matter it's hard for us to comprehend that and to ask that question how have you guys how have you guys navigated through that over the time And obviously the the Tension, all those emotions that were in that room to watch your child step into eternity. Now we're, how, how long has it been since that?
2: About a year and a half. Okay, a it year passed. and a half. Yep. And,
0: and even even since the year and a half, how have you guys navigated through that? And how have you, has there been like landmarks or, or ways in which you have seen God's faithfulness in your life, even? through this
1: yeah go ahead. i mean there's just been a multitude of different ways um i don't know it's a minute by minute hour by hour kind of slug fest to get through um i don't think there's a right or wrong way to go through it I've, there's been so many tears that have been shed that i'm not really a crier but oh my goodness the tears have just come and they come freely now and and my guess is unexpectedly very unexpectedly.
0: different things that uh, navigate. and I, even this morning when we we'll get to the dedication piece but of your uh, your uh, most recent little miracle um but even this today when some people in church heard your story they they immediately who who suffered a loss similar to this came, um, there's just a natural desire to come alongside each other and comfort and encourage each other and really see the body of Christ working together.
2: Yeah.
0: And so, um, it, it, how have you guys seen the Lord work in and through this, um, the loss of your precious
1: child?
2: Go for it. I don't
0: know
1: what you want me to I thought you had a few things.
2: I do, but I, you can go first. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. I mean, he's put people in our lives. I'm in, um... Bible study fellowship every Wednesday. And in my group, I have another mom who has same time last year, she lost her eight year old daughter, mm. um, to the flu. And, um, it's been nice to have that. We've it's, you know, it is, it's a comfort to have somebody who, who's been through what you've been through and knows what you're going through and doesn't really have to say anything, yeah. but can pick up on the triggers because they're going through the same thing. Yeah. Um, And I had questioned whether or not I even wanted to do that um, Bible study again, just because I was angry at God. I was, you know, I said, you know, I, I just can't right now. I'm not doing it. Um, And I agreed to do it. I signed up to do it again. And she was in my group, and it was like, well, there's a reason for that. God put her in my group, and (laughs) so
1: I think that I think for both of us, there's a real a longing to be in heaven one day and to know that there's there's more reasons for us to be there than um with God's presence gonna be so overwhelming but to know that Mason's there and yeah. he's waiting for us. Um and there's just um a longing for eternity and heaven is talked about a lot in our house with us with the kids. Yeah. What heaven's gonna look like and it's just there's a real longing for Yeah what's to come and you you start thinking about eternity and it's forever and then you start thinking about maybe if i'm lucky on this earth i have 80 years and that's just a drop in the bucket and it's right Mm
2: -hmm. and it's we went on a um we went to a place called face lodge that it's for you meet with other families that have gone like you're all going through the same thing Mm -hmm. um and there was a family there that we were talking to that you know she said well i'm searching she's like I know that my boys in heaven, but I want to make sure I get there. She's like, wow. so I am reading everything I can. She's like, how do I know that yeah. I can get there? And so we were able to share with her, well, we know we're going. Yeah. We know we're going to see our boy again and we have that assurance.
0: Yeah.
2: And so that was something, I mean, I'll never know why God took Mason. Yeah. And but if part of the reason is to share him with other people, through mason that's something i can do
0: yeah and that's the again i just keep coming back to your guys story and just that that faithfulness and understanding that god is in control and i think i think that's a a totally fair statement when you say that megan that you may never know why why god allowed this to happen to your son but we can still trust him we can still trust the lord. And I, I just I I the picture that keeps coming back in my mind is King David when he lost his son. Yeah. And uh and his assurance that he will be I I I, I was visualizing King David saying exactly what you're saying, Bruce, that I I have this assurance that I am going to see him again. And his tenants and his workers they couldn't figure out why he was peaceful after the child passed away rather than when he was trying to recover. And it's because David said, I will see him again someday. And that assurance that we have as believers, as followers of Christ, that God's word does not fail and he promises us that we will be in heaven someday. Mm-hmm. And and I think that passage is also a promise to us that these children will be in
1: heaven as well. And I think a lot of it too is that, mason being here it's more selfish for us right we know that mason's in a much Mm. better place and and the stuff the medicine that they applied to him we don't know what his life would have been like today um and it's selfish for us because mike is going to miss out on a brother for the rest of his life more than likely i mean he'll have friends right but there's not much like a brother right i mean we're missing out on all those things that we would like to see for Mason, yeah. not what's best for Mason. At the yeah. end of the day, we were we're never in any doubt where Mason's at. Yep. It's just the sadness of he's not here with us, and so from a selfishness standpoint, we want him back. But he's in a far better place, yeah. and yeah. there's never been any doubt that Megan and I have a relationship with Christ, and that we're gonna go see him again one day.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, for us, we have we have family, and we have friends here that we'll, we'll choose to stay here. But that's where my heart and that's where my desire is to go yeah. is to be in heaven, yeah. to be with God and to see Mason. I look forward to that day. Man, that that I, I that is so encouraging, Bruce.
0: And I, and I knew that's what would come out of this. And let's let's talk because this morning, this is Sunday night, and this morning, you well, I don't want to I don't want to spill the beans here. I want you guys to share <laughs> a little bit, but. Um, Last year, you found out you were expecting.
2: Yeah, that was a surprise. (laughs) Okay, and I
0: didn't realize that was a surprise. It was um, very
2: much a surprise. (laughs) And,
0: uh, um, but the Lord, and again, I even said this morning in our baby dedication that this was a a, another uh, show God showing His faithfulness to you guys. Yeah. And so, tell us about this little little miracle that you guys dedicated yeah. to the Lord just this morning
2: so it was let's see May June July August it was about four or five months after Mason passed that we found out we were pregnant again um
1: so none of our pregnancies have ever come ew. easy it's it's mm. just taken time and it's not something that time. we've really gone down the medical road it's just like if God wants to have us to have kids then he'll give us kids yeah and yep. it is what it the is the only
2: yeah so we had a miscarriage between Kalen and Micah um got pregnant again very quick after the miscarriage um, with micah but otherwise like for the kids that we have planned it's been a very long long process (laughs) um and so yeah finding out i was pregnant was very much a shock um i took the test and i cried because i was not ready to go through this yeah we did not want any more kids because we weren't We didn't want to go through Hmm. what we went through with Mason. And so we said, we're done, you know, we're, we're done. (laughs) Um, and so it was a hard pregnancy. Um, Bruce was in denial for most of it as in there was one day, I think I was eight months pregnant. He looked at me and he goes, you're really big. Yes. Yes, I am. (laughs) Yes. I'm pregnant and have been for the last (laughs) eight months. Um, but I was closely monitored by the doctors. I got shots every week, um, that weren't very fun. Um, but I got shots weekly just to help keep her in as long as possible. Cause they, what they think is my body just decides that I'm done being pregnant. Mm. And so, um, she was, I was pregnant with her until 36 weeks. She came a little bit early. Um, she was born at five pounds, seven ounces and. Um, May 19th.
0: So even though she went full term, she was still pretty small she too. Was, yeah. Oh. Yep.
2: Um, and so when she was born, um, it was like right in between Mason's birth and his death. Hmm. Um, and so, and with COVID going on, we weren't allowed to have visitors. Oh yeah. And so we went in and, you know, they had me stay that first night. Um, and cause it, I was in for a like a day and a half before she was born um but all the NICU doctors that were there with Mason and the nurses they all came in and talked to us and so I mean it felt like we had family there um it was one of the doctors on was actually all of the doctors on had been Mason's final attending physicians Hmm. um and so let's see I mean, an hour before she was born, we talked to, we were just hanging out with the manager of the NICU and one of the nurses who, or physician's assistant, is that what she is?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, And she had been actually, Micah's, because Micah was a NICU baby also. Hmm. She'd been there for Micah, Mason, and then now Kylie, because Kylie okay. was also a NICU baby. Um, But, so we were hanging out with them, just hanging out, talking, and we had multiple different nurses coming in and visiting us from the NICU, and when Kylie was born... She, the nurse ended up delivering her because she more or less delivered herself, <laughs> which is a whole nother story in itself. But um, all the doctors came down. I mean, I had more doctors in that room than, I mean, they are nurses. Hey, how are you? It you know, was kind of a
1: first name basis. Hey. <laughs> this is kind of an
2: awkward thing, but you know.
1: Yeah, it was really healing in an odd way for yeah. the same was, um, was physicians and nurses that had worked with Mason to know how. Oh, suddenly he went down and passed away to kind of come full circle to have Kylie unexpectedly born there. They were all very surprised and it was, we had a lot of nurses and doctors talk to us and how healing it was for them to see mm-hmm. life right. born essentially from the ashes, right? We had mason cremated, so mm-hmm. we,
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the doctors actually came in on my discharge day, he was done, but he came in and just said, you know, goodbye, good luck. And he showed me a picture on his phone and he said, you know, this just popped up in my memories. He said, I took this picture one year ago today. Mm. And it was a picture that Kalen had colored for Mason that hung on the wall right above his little bed. Um, and he said, this really had an impact on me and I, I still have it, Mm. you know, and we had the freedom. We talked about Mason with them and yeah the nurse that discharged that was on Kylie's case almost every day is was Mason's favorite nurse. Mm. Um, Mike (laughs) and you know, Mike had told us, you know, I couldn't even come to the funeral. He goes, I was too attached to him. He's Mm. like, sometimes you get too close. He's like, I got too close. I got attached. I couldn't do it. Um, but the doctor that was on when Mason passed, um, Dr. Mulroney, he was there and he came in and said, hi. And you know, came in and discharged us and said, you know, we wish
1: you luck. And So Dr. Mulrooney, when, and I don't know if we should say names on here, but when Mason <laughs> passed okay. away, he was he was the attending doctor. And he was actually a Christian guy. Mm. And we talked about the hope we have yeah. in, in Christ. Immediately after Mason passed away, he wanted to make sure that we were going through the right things, the right steps to heal. And he challenged me. He said, you need to take care of your family. You need to make sure that they continue to, to grow in their walk with the Lord and that you understand where Mason is and that you have a hope. He's like, you don't need to be hopeless about the situation. He's like, today is a very sad day. You will have many sad days, mm-hmm. but you have hope that a lot of people that come through these doors don't have. he's yeah. like, you need to remember that as you go through this process. And he was there for when Mason passed away, he attended the funeral. He was there for when Kylie's birth. It was just phenomenal how God kind of aligned all those things because right. We're in the hospital for three, four days, really. Um, and for those doctors, their shifts to interlap like that, and for that all to align is in and of itself a miracle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that, there's something about that relationship with Christ that,
0: that just brings that out. And to have somebody, you know, the Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Mm-hmm. And you've got this doctor there that has this relationship with Christ, he understands the eternal picture. Where so many others do not understand that, and and that was at right, that just the time you needed it, yeah. that that encouragement that you got, that brings me to my my last question for you guys. Um, it's been more than a year now, um, and little Kylie is here. Um, we got to celebrate her this morning. We got we got to dedicate her to the Lord this morning. Your family was here. It was a, a really neat time. And the body of Christ coming alongside you and praying for you. Um, it was just really a special time yeah. for for you guys and for us also to watch you guys through that. What, what advice would you share with someone that um, others that maybe experience a loss of a loved one? What, what kind of advice would you share for people that might be listening to this who have experienced loss? Maybe in the past they
1: still really haven't been able to fully deal with. Or they're going through it right now as they're listening. I mean, the big thing to understand is that you touched on it before. I mean, in the world, you will have trials. Yeah. It's very clear. And that doesn't mean um, non-Christians only. It's it's everybody's going to have trials in this lifetime. And to think that you're going to get out through life without trials mm-hmm. is crazy. And to think yeah. that um, you can have the good times without the bad is is unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so understand that that's, that's a reality and that doesn't knowing christ doesn't protect you from that it it, it gives you um, hope for eternity when yeah. one day that there will be um, these struggles will be gone yeah. um, the one the biggest thing for us is that um, nobody deals with these struggles in the same way they they deal with them different ways some people are going to go to the gun range to blow up their steam and other people are going to need to go on coffee dates and talk their feelings through and yeah. there's no right or wrong way to do deal with it but the one thing that you have to do is that you have to deal with it. You can't stuff it down and expect mm. for it to go away. Yeah, um, and that's kind of the one piece of advice is that there's no right or wrong way to deal with grief. You you just need to deal with it. And we've
2: and it's okay to be mad at God.
1: Yeah, it's okay to yell at him. Yeah,
2: I mean, no matter if you do it verbally, if you write it down, I mean, he's still there. He's not going to leave. Right. I mean, I was mad. I was angry. I mean, I don't know how many times I yelled at him and,
1: yeah.
2: you know, just, but he's and still he there. And he understands. I mean, he he's, created our
0: emotions. So right. I don't think there's, there's no surprise.
2: No. so I mean, and he's shown me, like, shown me himself in different ways throughout all of this and, hmm. you know, given me things that...
1: Yeah, I mean, he says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Yeah. I was and, just going to
0: ask you, is there a specific passage of scripture that the Lord has used to be an
1: encouragement to you? I mean, in general, I think we, if if you believe that the word of God is truth, and the good times and bad, and when you don't feel that God's there, you have to rely on that. I mean, we talked about in church, what are the facts? Hmm. We believe that the Bible is truth. So therefore, these are facts that God says he will never leave us or forsake us. Yeah. As much as we want to think about that he has, um, he says that he hasn't. So... I have to take him at his word because he's the, we believe that he created the universe and there's plenty of facts that speak to that. And so then who am I to question God? I mean, I can question him, but I don't hold any ground. I mean, you look at Job, right? And the questions (laughs) he asks God, and God's like, oh, were you really there? Do you know this? Do you know that? And well, I guess I don't know. Where were you when I created the earth, Job? (laughs) So Yeah. I guess for our story, we see some parallels to Job, but we, we don't have, we don't hold a candle to Job story. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Guys, I, I, I can't thank you enough for just being, being open and just to be able to share your story and share Mason's story. And now Kylie and, and uh, I'm going to put Kaylin and Micah in there too. And <laughs> I mean, it's really your family's story
1: Yeah. and,
0: uh, um, And and we have that hope. We have that assurance that we will see Mason, that we know where he's at. And I love your words, Bruce, that he is in a better place. And uh, no question, because he got to see Jesus before we did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, um, we know where he's at, and we have that assurance because of God's word. Thank you so much for your uh, openness and your uh, just leading the way of continuing to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And... uh, and and we're just going to continue to pray for you as we said even this morning in the child dedication to continue to pray for you guys to continue there's going to be other times unsuspected emotional times and mm-hmm. um but we hold on to the truth and the truth of God's word that he will never leave us nor forsake us so thank you guys yeah thank, thank you. you appreciate you
2: thank you